Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. Each day gets greater and greater. The words that we said yesterday, they have more weight to them today. And God is talking a lot about grace. Today's portion of grace, today's knowledge of grace, today's wisdom of grace, today's favor to receive much more of grace. A lot of times we use the word grace. We say our grace before we eat. We say we are graced by God. We refer to grace in the new covenant. We say we are touched with God's grace. We'd rather have God's grace. We love God's grace. We in God's face because of his grace. We thank God for his grace. But what is grace today? What is the weight to grace today? It's the same words because God is still the same, but each day it has much more power. They become more effective because we are growing. We are increasing. So are the evidence of the words present. Grace, God's unmerited, God's unmerited favor. Undeserved goodness. A new day to gravitate what I just said. Unmerited favor. Nothing you can do about this favor. Nothing you can do or say to receive this favor. It's unmerited. Undeserved, unearned favor. And I thank God for giving me the word about Enoch because I only could get it from God. You know why? Because Enoch's book was taken out of the Bible. You have to really go this place, that place, that back in that time, that generation, just to gain a good sense of Enoch's anointing. His devotion to God. God spoke his secrets to Enoch. God vented to Enoch. And Satan can't stand someone else having the ability to know God's secrets that he don't know. The mysteries that expose his lies. Satan tried to take us all out but when it comes to somebody who God relates in a sense of communicate, commune to, regarding secrecy, his personal values, Satan trying to go above and beyond and take them out. I can't have you here. You are such a threat. Thank you, Father. You unlocked you are such a threat here. I cannot have you here. And many people look at my life on the outside and be like, that's a strong woman. But it's not my strength that keeps me strong. It's my weakness that keeps his strength made perfect. When you guys pray unto God, you praying for all of humanity. Because you have a heart of God. You have a heart of gold concerning every good thing. 
Hallelujah. Enoch's book was taken out. Why was it taken out? Due to my research, because the Jews thought it was not sufficient to have in scripture because all he prophesied about was Christ coming and what Christ going to do when he come. He told the people what they need to hear and not what they wanted to hear and they became afraid. This was going to happen. But you know what the difference is? That it was those not just religious those who also said they know Christ took the book of Enoch out. So you got to go to different episodes and, and go to different scrolls to get a great sense of Enoch. So God collaborated all source information to me, all this resourceful information. And I got a quick, you know, a quick description and I'm satisfied. But I thank God for words of wisdom due to revelation that I encounter daily. Because Enoch ain't do nothing no different than no other prophet did. Prophesied Christ. Even the New Testament. Here comes John. Enoch was that much of a threat. They took his out. We don't want your book mentioned. And God said to me, Quenisha, yes, God. He go, God communing. And God would tell me what to say and what not to say. He go, God communing with me, sweetie. That's the book out of all to keep. The book of Enoch. And he'll be back. He'll be back. Because all they decided was to put a short passage of Enoch from him as a descendant and how long he was living here. And that was it. Out of every person to put in the book, he was the only one that they decided to take out. And it was nothing but the enemy. And Enoch said, Quenisha, before you ever encountered anything, I did. And before I even did, Christ did. Before the foundation. According to our anointing and our giftings that God is talking to us about in this season, the gifts of the Spirit in Romans 12, 6 through 8, sweetheart, spiritual gifting is prophesying, serving others, teaching, encouraging, giving generously, leading diligently, and being merciful cheerfully. And it all happens according to our faith. We all been given the ability to exercise our faith. And according to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, the gifts of the spirit, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous power, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, 
speaking diverse tongues and tongues interpretation. And again, I say they all goes according to us using our faith. According to 1 Peter 4.11, whoever speaks, whoever renders service, being generous, encountering goodness, releasing good encounters, good intentions, releasing hearty help, and giving all credit unto God. Even though Peter is in, you know, more closer to Revelation, I like to read them from the end to the beginning because that's how God thinks. First Peter 4.11, I'm going to start with that first. Give all credit to God. Whoever speaks, give all credit to God. Whoever is bold enough to take a step of faith, to release words of wisdom, take a step of faith, to release healing, take a step of faith, to release miracles, taking a step of faith, to speak in diverse tongues, taking a step of faith, to prophesy, taking a step of faith, to be merciful, taking a step of faith, to lead diligently, taking a step of faith, to give generously, taking a step of faith, to be encouraging, taking a step of faith, to teach while teaching, taking a step of faith, to serve others while serving, taking a step of faith, to prophesy while prophesying, to take a step of faith. Whosoever chooses to speak Whosoever choose to believe, whosoever choose to be used, whosoever knows that it's not them that do the work, so they do prophesy, they do lay hands, they're not thinking that if it don't happen, because if I do it and it don't get done, then I'm going to look foolish, because whosoever is daring to speak is saying that all the credit belongs to God. Before I lay hands, before I prophesy, before I release a healing, before I interpret in tongues, before I serve others, before I give generously, diligently, mercifully, all the glory, all the honor, all the glory, all the honor belongs to God before I do anything. A lot of times we do it and then give God the glory. No, give God the glory before you do it. That's how you know it get done. Before I go in this crowd, all the glory belongs to you. That fish and that bread was in the hands of Christ. He didn't look at the people. He first gave glory and honor. Father, I thank you for you hear me before I pray. I'm acknowledging that all the glory got to come from you before I release anything. For you to freely move in and through me, I have to first give you honor. When I see that corpse, I have to give you honor that you are the one to lift up this body, not Quenisha. If I look at myself before I look at God, I'm going to think I got to do it and not him. And it's not going to get done because I'll be skeptical to do it. And all God doing this season is educating us on our giftings because we have the ability to receive 
every spiritual gift. But we all individually been gifted to release the anointing, how it flows differently. You can prophesy in a song, sweetheart, the same way I can prophesy with the speech. You can prophesy with the dance, the same way I can prophesy by culinary. The spiritual giftings flow with the anointing of our ability individually to be used by God. Because everybody have individual specialties when it comes to giftings. God did not give us all the same individually. But when it comes to the spiritual giftings by name, we all have the ability to do so. And many are confused a little bit in that area, thinking that, okay, if some person prophesied, then we need somebody who does the healing present. So if the person does healing present, so the person who prophesied can't prophesy the healing to come to pass? Sometimes we disqualify ourselves. We dismantle ourselves due to a lack of knowledge. And in this season, God is educating so we can become better. Because if I just look at myself as being a person who prophesied, then where goes me doing the working of miracles? The healing, the diverse tongues, the serving, the encouragement, the giving, the leading, the mercy. God say, whosoever speaks, give all credit to God. I might not dance as an anointed person to dance. But what comes out of the dance, we all have the ability to receive, to release. But it may not be in the same formality. No one to think that they cannot discern and they can only heal. God can move however he wants to. It's all according to your faith. God had me to study Benny Hinn. Because he worketh all of them all at the same time. Every time he's present. There's a miracle. There's healing. There's knowledge. There's wisdom. He's serving others. He's prophesying. He's giving generously. He's leading diligently. He's merciful, cheerfully. And he's giving all the credit and glory unto God. Whosoever speaks, whosoever renders service, being generous. I cannot say one gift supersedes the rest. No, I have to come up higher in my faith, you know, I have the ability to also excel in the other giftings. But sometimes God can move in a room that I can prophesy and a person can heal. And this person, and God can have a situation where one person do it all. However he choose to. But God don't want us to become confused because of our natural giftings. Confusing them with the ability to receive every spiritual gift. Because that activates our natural giftings individually. What will happen if you're by yourself and you're thinking all you can do is heal? 
then where is the wisdom and knowledge that comes with that? You have to be open to receive them all. We cannot say, it's not for me. I have not discerned yet, or I have not interpreted tongues yet. Maybe that's just not my gifting. No, you're just not hungry for it. Because it says in the word, I'm reading it, whosoever speaks. And I also read in Romans 12, 6 through 8, it goes according to your faith. Many of us are called by name in a five-fold ministry. But let me tell you the new thing that God is doing. I'm trying to tell you. Some people come from being a teacher to an apostle. Some go through all of the steps, all of the five-fold. And some just born to have them all activated and operating in. And it's that simple. It's not complicated. He gives us the ability to prophesy. Anytime you see before you naturally see, that's a prophecy. You can prophesy that. And he's given every man a dream and a vision before it manifests naturally. You have to first see it spiritually. That's why I say count it all joy. All you need is one word from God. That word is a prophecy, so I cannot dismantle or disqualify my future and assist to go home prematurely because I have not seen what he promised me yet. Whosoever bold enough to believe me, saith God. Christ turned to God, gave God glory. And when he said to those two disciples, how come we can't cast out devils? When this kind of miracle come by fastening, praying, he did not say it takes only that to do it. Because Christ wasn't fasting and he did it at that time. He just letting us know to even have to ask a question like that. It's going to require some fasting. Because when you fast and pray, consecration is present. Circumcision is present. Development, discovery, recovering is present. Becoming sharpened, becoming educated is present. The knowledge, the wisdom is present. Once you give a sacrifice over to God that you are hungry to receive a revelation. Because if you knew, you wouldn't have asked. So you need to fast to know. It's going to take spiritual discipline for you to get to know that you're not the one who's doing it, disciples. It's me who's doing it within you. And my father doing it within me. He does the work. All the glory and honor belongs to God. If we see God in honor before we do a thing, we know that thing is already done. But we look at it us doing it and then see God after it's done. That is complete opposite. So during this time, God is really releasing correct biblical theology. Many of us put too much into basic instructions before leaving earth. Now word from word is okay, but it's handmade, man-made due to encounterings that they have heard and read from others by God. I done had many encounters with many in the Bible who come to me in a dream and say, I never said that. Oh, I said the opposite of that. 
It's good to live the word. And the thing is, God released mysteries in the word. When something can say one way, but you know their interpretation, but God will give you a fresh revelation. That's why I say when you find a mystery in my word, it's yours to keep. Because no one can ever take that knowledge away from you. Can't nobody tell you that A is not the first alphabet. You receive that knowledge. A is first. Then come B. Then come C. Can't nobody tell you Z is first. Can't nobody tell you 10 is the first number. You know what is first. You receive that knowledge. And can't nobody take that away from you. So if you look at knowledge in that way, in a natural reality, then how much more precious is it spiritually? When God say, I am that I am. I am grace to confess. My God is who he say he is. And I hold him to that. If we don't believe that, if we're lacking in believing that, then you may have to fast. Just to come alongside with that knowledge. Many of us want to raise the dead so much. And Christ said to me this morning, how come? How come? Before we be used by God, know that beforehand it's God that's being used. Through us. And we are the vessels that he chose to use. We're being used by God to use God. Those are action words. Using his what? Using his might. Using his authority that he's given over us. Salvation just don't benefit us here. Salvation benefits the entire kingdom. And God said, Quenisha, here he goes again with a conversation that I can share. Yes, God. Salvation in the kingdom it granted favor that no one in the kingdom would ever want to will their will over ever again to themselves or any other other than me because it's not forced. It's a free will. But because of my son, blood paved the way not just those in the, in, on the earth but those also in the kingdom. There's no angelic host no angelic beast, no heavenly host will ever want to will themselves over to their own will anymore. No one will ever have the thought of wanting to be worshipped ever again because no one will want to will themselves over to a thought that don't come from me. So not just you guys benefited from it. My son gave us life that we all benefit from it because I live in glory. I am satisfied. Whoever know me will never want to not know me ever again. Whoever entered into my gates will never want to exit out again. Whoever entered into my courts will never want to exit again. Whoever seated in care with me will never want to be without me again. And that's what salvation brings. Jubilee brought back, placed back in its original state.
Wisdom is not for just a select a few. Prophesy is not just for a select a few. It's for whoever speaks. Jesus Christ. All God was doing was talking about having people to come out and even confess like me. I had to apologize. I wanted to. Not have to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanted to. Because Quenisha used to always renege on her word. Wasn't reliable. I say one thing and do another. And I went up there on Facebook and I said, if I ever said I would do anything and have not done it, forgive me. That would never, ever happen again. And God said, beautiful. That would never happen again. People are going to be apologizing because of their level of maturity. Yeah, I used to do this. Not anymore. Good. We move forward. What can anyone do with that? It's increase. What are some things that God floating up? The thing is, he will float things up when we're alone a lot. Because he don't want to expose you in front of others. But we, we kind of like don't give God enough room to move freely in that he just go ahead and do however, whenever, just because you are whosoever. Who believe in him. That's why it's called a secret place. Get out the secrecy in that secret place so you can become sacred with God. God clearly demonstrates that he has feelings. I have brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Have no other gods before me. Kept going back and forth with his own children, Israelites. I singled you out, I blessed you, I graced you, I subdued you, and look at you. Still making idols. That's why I have to keep having great leaders, prophets, to lead you back in the way you should go. Jeremiah just wasn't because I wanted a Jeremiah Because you needed a Jeremiah You needed an Ezekiel You needed a Moses You needed a Nehemiah You needed Apostle Paul You needed John the Baptist You needed them Because you kept going back and forth With your covenant with me, save God And I had to keep using somebody bold enough To set a reminder So these words Regarding whosoever chooses to speak. You want wisdom and knowledge? Use your faith. You want to heal people? Use your faith. And how do you use your faith? By giving all the glory and honor to God beforehand. You want to prophesy? Go ahead. I come against all the false teaching. I come against us identifying the problem. Instead of releasing the solution. Because anger only begets more anger. And, I, and God would have me to look at different people, you know, that, that has a name that's leading people. But to go to him about it. Because who am I to tell a pastor what not to do? Or what to do? Or how to preach, how to teach? No. Who am I? 
and you even see someone teaching something wrong or calling people out, you don't call them out on calling people out because you just did what you just told them not to do. Got to really pay attention here. That's why you got to be merciful. Romans 12, 6 through 8. When the gifts, mercy, cheerfully. You got to be so earnest to be merciful. So pressed to be merciful. Be alert for mercy. That's not merciful to say, stop calling people out. If God don't have me to say. It's not merciful to keep pinpointing problems. It's merciful to release a solution. Then God would give a word specifically to give to a person. But let that be him and none of us. Because you know when it's God and when it's others. Because personal opinions are present. And it's not purposeful due to any promise spoken from God. Simple as that. If I keep preaching about things that are wrong, then where does that put the things that are right? Do the wrong supersedes what is right? So wrong that I'm focused on the things that supersedes. Hallelujah. Selah. Thank you, Father. Selah. I'll say it. Selah. Why do we want to see someone dismantled? When God say, whosoever speaks, speak positivity over someone's life. Many times we are alone, God wants to float things up. And we don't want to be alone because those things come up. And we're denying the breakthrough that's present every time to even excel to the next level. Some of us cannot receive what we are seeking God for because we're not getting rid of Rid of the things right there in front of us. Many of us are really controlling. But say that we are being controlled by God. You got to stop that. Especially if we are yielded. If we are committed to being yielded. Persistency and consistency but being yielded and humble is very evident because mercy is present. You don't think about all that you've been through. You give glory unto God because he's the one who got you through it. When you can see the end before the beginning of a thing, it eliminates panic, confusion, worry, anger. You give a praise from that place you see. And that's the outcome. Even in the present time of you encountering that hardship, that obstacle, that persecution. Know that those things are good. If it's out of your control, that means you're supposed to be where you are. And you are where you're supposed to be. If you're not doing nothing to have those things happen to you, but good deeds. 
Now, if it says in the word, now if you out there starting trouble and it come back and then you try to call on God and get them, then that's not persecution. You frustrating the own grace upon your life. Now, if things happen to you out of your control that seems to be troublesome due to his name's sake, because you're doing good, because you're living the way you're supposed to live, knowing that he is good, and there goes your breakthrough. There goes your promises. There goes your double portion for your trouble. And trust me, double to God is not double to us. <laughs> if you know what a single portion is, think of that twice. My God, not even enough life to live the first portion. Are you talking about another set? Jesus, my God. Oh my God, God. You got to say things twice. God, God, Yahweh, Yahweh. The angels took me up another level. Holy, holy, hold on, here go another one. Holy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God. Hallelujah. That's all God wants us to know. And when it comes to giving, God has wanted us to enter tradition. That's all. Because many of us just so used to doing it and not even knowing why we're doing it. God want to teach you why you're giving, how to give, and why you're giving. Why are you giving? Oh, because it's what I'm supposed to do? It's the right thing to do? Seeking God to give, God never said not to. He never said not to tithe. He wanted to take our mindset off of resources coming to us to be our supplier when he's the one who provides. That's all. Because for those who do it themselves to promote themselves to success themselves it brings about conviction. Even those who lost sight of themselves it brings about conviction to any of us. Because God will have you to look around and see who are you really helping here? Is it yourself or the others? Now, when God is blessing, nothing you can do about it. Things will be able to, things begin to show up that you ain't had no control over. Start receiving all kinds of transportation, all kinds of yachts, and all kinds of land. But when you receive, just don't lose sight of who's the provider here. Because there are people who do want to sow into your life. And God has said it's wrong. If you're going to give, give cheerfully. Generously, diligently, know why you're giving. Don't give because you think you have to give. There's no heart in that. Where's the chair in thinking you have to, thinking you're being forced? Then God wouldn't even want it at all. Just like Abel, he thought because he had much more natural things, without having a heart in it, that God was going to want his more than he wanted Abel's. No, Abel seemed to have less, but his heart made it more richer. Somebody can give you $10, receive that as a heart of gold, the same way you received that $10,000. You understand? Sometimes we promote ourselves and all God is doing is saying, you know, sometimes we get used to people giving to us and we become, you know, used to that. Then we start, you know, not looking at God 
being the one who's giving anymore. Now we're looking at people to supply. That's all God is saying. And that's, you know, that's being dismantled because that's traditional. That's religious thinking traditionally. And it's not the wrong with religion. But don't become religious in the sense of forgetting the value, the importance of grace. Because if you just look at people or look at things, it limits it. Limit it. The things that God wants to have no limits for. That's all. Because there's no way that we can go into church in the house of God and no one think they don't have to give anything, but you still want to come and receive. There are bills to be paid, even though God is a supplier, but he will put the money in the hands to make sure it gets done to whatever and however he chooses to do so. Hallelujah. Yes, he is a supplier. Yes, he is our provider. And he also provides us the wisdom of knowledge to know that giving honor when it's due. Give and it's given back unto you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? The devil trying to have us to think, oh, the money going to gators, the money going to uh, boats, and the money going to vacations. You're focusing where your mind should not even be focused on. You're trying to be God unaware you're trying to be God by trying to see what only he needs to see. You just focus on what you need to focus on. As well as myself. Only those will be convicted if those who need to be convicted. The conviction is not for everybody per se alone. Everybody don't have a heart to take from people. Or everybody don't lose sight of asking why people give unto us. Sometimes God will sit you down, have you quiet, and come back and release another explanation. More powerful. Due to any kind of misunderstanding. Only those who are guilty will be convicted of anything. You lie too much. You exaggerate too much. You fleshly. You lustful. You're going to feel convicted. Especially now in this final move. Because he's raising us up to be mature. In order to be mature, you have to admit Hold yourself accountable. Yes, I was wrong. Now I'm going to make it right. But because you were wrong, don't make it seem as if everybody is wrong with you. Come on. Hallelujah. Now what sense does that make to go to someone's house and in the house of God where he plants us and God gives us you know, fruit in our hand to release, to continue to sow a good ground, and we choose not to. But still want to come in the house and get fed. That's not the love or the heart of God. When Christ was born, 
the three wise men, along with others, they gave presents. They sold into his life. Why? Because what you sow, that you reap. And much more than that. I haven't even started receiving a harvest for what I have done in the past five years. I'm still on receiving harvest for what's been sown before I even got here. That means I will always have. Some of us are receiving our harvest from 10 years ago and still planted 10 years later. You will always have. <laughs> That's why God will even tell me to double the tithes. Okay? And sometimes I say, you know what? I'm going to double. And I can't think about my, you know, my amount to somebody else's amount. I'm being obedient to giving the 10% of the amount that's given unto me. You might get a bigger portion or a lesser portion, but I'm giving my obedience. Over back to God. My honor back over to God. And sometimes, I'm honestly, I will cry. I want more to give more, God. It been times that I just released faith that he put thousands in that envelope as it walked away from me. When we was just doing envelopes, I wouldn't even put my name on it for years. So I didn't want to focus on who or what I was giving. I just give my whole check sometimes. The free one I did have after the bills were paid. Because you get paid twice a month, for, you know, for those who do. Every two weeks, if you want to say it like that. And you know, that first one, you do your bills, your rent, and your mortgage, all of that. Then the second one's more so, you know, whatever. And that whatsoever one was going straight in. Without my name on it. Didn't care. Look around for stuff in the couch and my purses just to put in. Always give. Don't have a thought that someone needs your money. And whatever somebody chooses to do with the money that you give, guess what? That's not your focus. You did what you're supposed to do. You gave. Hallelujah. So back to what God had me to say before I get off of here. Is that during this season, God is educating us on the gifts of the Spirit. Know the, know the gifts, excuse me, and the fruits go hand in hand. There's love and healing. There's peace and prophesying. There's joy in diverse tongues. There's gentleness in teaching. Generosity and encouragement. You understand? Don't ever think because you operate in one, that's only the one that you're able to operate in. God said, whoever speaks, whoever give all the glory and honor to me, who boldly make that confession, who uses their faith, Whatever you receive, because you believed. Hallelujah. Greater is he in us than he is in the world. I love you.